Hi everyone and welcome to episode 240 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always, joined by KC. Now then. How's things, mate? Yeah, not bad, thanks. How are we out of you? Yeah, all good. I've, I'm absolutely knackered for no reason because I've been off work today. I have no no reasonable excuse. Um, trust me to have a little bit more time, you know, to like prepare for a game, the podcast where we don't have a game to preview. Yeah. Sounds about right, Loads of time. Mm. But we will talk about the game. I'd love to say just gone, but went a while ago. Uh, Leeds 2, Plymouth 1. I mean, it's a win, so you're never going to complain about it. But there was, it was a lot nervier than it needed to be. Yeah, if if it had been just like it was in the first half, you'd you'd have been fine and been really happy with how we played. But my God, was the second half dull? It's weird because in the second half, Leeds clearly dropped off and didn't play as well. They were a bit sloppier. They just weren't quite as much energy there. But if anything, did did we create more chances in the second half than we did the first? The yeah, if I remember right, it's sort of the number of times um, Somerville would get into the penalty area and we would miss the square ball or the pullback. Um, the amount of times that happened seemed fairly ridiculous. Um, like the, the chances were there, but it also wasn't, I didn't feel like their keeper was making any great saves or anything for them. It's like we were getting into great positions and then the last ball let us down or we tried to do a little bit too much. Um, and then, yeah, like, I, th- I think overall you just kind of felt like the energy levels were fairly low in the second half. Yeah, I do wonder if it was instructed the way it dropped off, but we'll go through it a little bit chronologically. As you say, the first half, there was nothing to worry about. In fact, literally, the note I've got written down says worry-free. Um, by far, the better side were leads. Uh, there was a few reasons, but we took the lead relatively early on. Um, for all as good, slow, patient build-up and stuff, it was a bit of high-pressing. Uh, Ruta goes down in the box, even easier than the penalty shout he didn't get. Um, they go to clear it, and just as he goes to clear it, Glenn Kamara just gets a toe-in, deflects it over to Dan James. The calm, composed, always extremely technically proficient Dan James takes a real nice touch out of his feet and just curls it in the top corner. It's a lovely finish. Yeah, it, it started with, um, I think, what some would have termed as Jorginho Rute dicking around with it in the corner <laughs> and then plays a 1-2, I'm assuming with Byram. I'm not understanding. It might have been Somerville, actually. Sort of, I can't remember. It, it gets sort of chipped back through for him. And yeah, that's when he goes into the penalty area. He goes down and uh I think it was a half appeal for a penalty, but I, I think he was the only one appealing, to be honest. Yeah. I don't, like the first one that he went down for when he got played through. But that other one, that was there was a lot more of an appeal for that one. This one, even like it was in front of a south stand, but even they barely appealed. Yeah, um, like you say, the, the the ball sort of deflects out towards the edge of the area, and before they can make the clearance, Kamara just appears, and I don't know if it goes off his foot or if he just gets the toe to it, but yeah, into Dan James, good touch out of his feet, and just curls it in. Really on Dan James like goal. Well, you say that not recently. Recently, his finishing's been very good. Oh, I suppose it's more the ed- like just edge of the area curling one in. 
Like I know, he, I know he gets into decent positions. It's just very odd. Giving him all this time, he's now developing composure. Yeah. Well, if he, if if we can keep composed, Dan James, I'll be very happy because if he gets some composure, will be a lot. It will make him a miles better player. Um, but to be honest, once Leeds went one 0 down, that one nil up, the sort of crowd. Even then, it, you could already feel everyone relax a bit because the atmosphere ended up a little bit dead for a while in the second half just because it was quite comfortable. Uh, we had one disallowed not long after, uh, which would have been the most interesting of the goals if it had accounted. Uh, Leeds play the way through. Sam Byron pops up at number 10. Uh, takes a nice touch. little flick through ball for Somerville. Good finish. In the ground, it looked like he was just offside. It was tight, but it looked just offside. I haven't seen this, but apparently because of where they are, one of the like Plymouth fan cams is dead in line, and he's a yard off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so fair enough, but it was a good finish, and it was it was good football. Yeah, it's, it's, like you say, Sam Byram at ten. He, he popped up there a few times in the game as well. There was like one ten-minute <laughs> period of the game where he was there more than he was on the left. I mean, he is um, clearly learnt from the recently retired Ad White on that front mm. of a. Uh, a fullback playing at 10. Eddie White's not allowed to retire from football. He's younger than me. It's just upsetting. It's very <laughs> upsetting. But no, like it was a, it would have been a good goal, but it wants to be. But we didn't have to wait long for a second goal. Again, high pressing, winning it. Uh, Somerville, I'm going to say, very cleverly pretends to turn his back. Because he turns his back on the original one. And the defender goes, oh, he's turned his back and goes to beat him. At which point, Somerville just outpaces him and wins the ball back. Uh, into Pirot. Pirot back to Somerville. Somerville sort of squares up the defender. And because they're so scared of Somerville, they don't get tight to him at all. Gives Pirot time to run around the outside and make an overlapping run. Good little through ball. Good finish from Pirot. Um, Took it really well. And that... At the time, obviously we had a little bit nervy at the end, but at the time you would have basically said that's the game. Yeah. Um, again, it's it's the uh, classic situation with with Piro of you wouldn't say he was massively in the game. Not that I thought he was being ineffective, just sort of classic Piro at this point. I but, thought he was a bit more in the game in this one than he has been in other ones. I thought the uh, they seemed to be a bit more willing to let him, like you know when when sort of Plymouth have a kickoff or something like that. They seem to let him start a little bit deeper. And he almost sort of just dropped into the midfield earlier. And that meant that he wasn't having to chase around, which he's bad at. And it meant he could just place himself and he was better at that. So I think he ended up a bit more involved in this one than he did in a lot of the other games earlier in the season. I think they're starting to figure things out a bit tactically. Yeah. Um, like you say, Somerville... Goes 1v1 with the defender. Uh, Piro makes the run around the outside. And the obviously the, the covering centre-back can't really go with him for opening up space in the middle. Yeah, if that centre-back runs behind his centre-back partner, they can just go inside and it's probably an easier chance. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Piro, take, I think he takes the touch and it's goalkeeper coming out and just nips it past him. I think it clips in off the post a little bit as well, but um, 
again, if he's if he's going to keep scoring goals the rate he does, he could do whatever he likes, really. Yeah, it works for Jermaine Beckford. Yeah, it really did. Um, apart from that, like five games, sort of what, around before... around January. No, it was the worst. It was like March, April of the League One promotion season where people were really giving him a lot of stick because he had a, he had like four or five bad games in a row. You know when Leeds were shit for that run? Like we got beat 3-0 at home by Swindon and all of that. Oh, is this when he, when he got dropped? As well? Yeah, when he got dropped a little bit because he was playing that. That was the only time where everyone was like, oh, you see, the problem is you're not scoring and you're not doing all else. <laughs> and it turned out the reason he did that was just so he could have the finish for season as captain working his bollocks off arc. Yeah. <laughs> that guy knew how to tell a story. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, half time, two nil up. Um I think they'd had like one shot from the edge of the box that was weak and straight at Melier. There was no danger whatsoever. Um but as we said earlier, the second half we just didn't look as controlled, a little bit sloppy. It was as if we'd gone from we'd just shifted down a couple of gears. And we seem to have had a, this in the second half a fair bit lately. So I don't know if it's just like Farker saying, right, you've done the hard bit. Just not silly. Just make sure that you're nice and controlled. Don't outrun yourself. Don't get injured. Um, but we were just a little bit off. However, just like as a summary, there was a Somerville pull back to Piro, took a touch, and I think it got blocked, actually, but the defender and the keeper were right next to each other. Ruter blazed and basically an absolute sitter over the bar from about nine, ten yards out. Uh, also had like a brilliant turn and sort of ball over the top for Piro, but he made a mess of the header. Just after he came on, Nonto had a great chance, but it took a bit too long to take a touch and then defender came across and blocked it. Uh, Jaden Anthony had a great chance as well from a little pass, but I think it's fair to call that one a great save rather than a bad miss. Like we, there was, and there was a couple of, and that's on top of all the not quite getting the final pass right. There was so many times where we broke and you were like, wait, you fall on three. And they just didn't use it. It's weird, but I genuinely think we were a little bit worse in the second half. Not loads worse, just a little bit. But if you take the chances, it might have been six. <laughs> yeah, I, I think one of the one of the things you kind of notice, and, and again, you, kind of the, the obvious answer to it would be some energy saving, um, is... That when when we in, in the transition when we're when we're breaking on the counter attack, we just don't seem to to press forward as quickly as we as as we do. Like you think about how we did it against Huddersfield in the first half, yeah. Um, and there, there just wasn't that urgency to get forward. And and if you threw, I think if you three nil up, you you're probably a, a bit more okay with it. I think at two nil, the the worry was, and and when the goal comes. You're there going out of nowhere now. They're not far off getting something from this game, which they really don't deserve. Yeah, and you uh, give them that chance, and their tails get up. Suddenly, they've got twenty percent more energy. You've got all the nerves. You've got the crowd nervous. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, yeah, and, and like you say, second half it was all it was all a bit flat. Um, it's quite nice hearing Plymouth wheeled out some songs I hadn't heard for a few years. Um, you know, Premier League, you fucked it up and all that. Mm. Um, but it, it, I just found it to be a bit dull. 
you know, at the time, I, th- I thought it was much needed when uh, Nanto and Anthony came on, just to hopefully inject a bit of life into it a bit as two players who probably need to impress now. Um, because with each passing week, you know, Dan James and, and Chris Entios of Villa are just pulling away as the first choice wingers. Oh, yeah. I mean, if Nanto is definitely going to be staying, we probably need to try and give him a bit more. Um, I haven't looked into this. I literally saw a tweet. I think he went off injured for Italy's under-21s last night. He scored twice and then like won a penalty. Yeah. But I think he went off holding his hamstring. So we'll have to see what comes of that. But literally all I've seen is a tweet. Um, the As we said, Plymouth got one back and there was the nerves. It was sort of harder to tell in real time whose fault it was. And truth be told, having watched it back, I don't think it's sort of anyone's I think there's like three, four players that maybe could do something better. But I don't think anyone's like at fault. There's a really good ball from deep. Uh, that Whitaker, I think it is, has gone right out to the touchline. So Furpo's wider to go with him. And there's a big gap between Furpo and Cooper. But the starting position of Cooper is probably fine. It's a really good pass, a really good one from deep. Ampadu does chase him, he does react, he just isn't quick enough to keep him up with him, which isn't really his fault. Cooper sort of comes across. If he holds his line, he might be able to block the cross. But instead he comes across and neither him or Ampadu get there. So it sort of takes them both out. And then it's a really good ball in and he's beat road on, on his blind side. Maybe he can throw some... Maybe if he knows he's there, he can position himself better. But I, I certainly wouldn't go as far as saying it's a mistake. Yeah, it's like, there's just a few, more than oak to be honest. I just thought it was a pretty good goal. I've been watching it back. I think it was good football. Yeah, the 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 run he makes, I think, it's as you watch from the from the ball over Furpo, he's probably two to three yards off Roden, and like you say, he just sort of drifts it to his blind side, and then and then makes the running behind him. Hmm. Um, and I think once Cooper's gone as well, Roden sort of has to step over a little bit because if that ends up being a pullback, yeah. there is there's a massive amount of space in between the two of them there um, that, that he probably needs to cover because, like you say, Ampadu and, and Cooper are both sort of taken out of it at that point and, and Furpo's with, um, he's with the right winger somewhere up the pitch. Yeah, as I said, I think them. I think they've deliberately shifted Furpo wide by dragging him out, and then one at midfielders makes a really good run. I honestly think that more than anything, the thing for that is that I think it's good football and it's a good goal. Uh, <laughs> I can't really knock it too much, um, but yeah, it then it got really, really nervous. The crowd were really edgy. The way Leeds were playing was really edgy as well. But for all of that, and as much as the Leeds pessimist in you is going, they're going to fucking score here. They're going to nick a point. I can't believe it. They didn't have a shot on target after they scored. So, uh, confession time for me. I I ducked out of this one on 85, pretty much just after the goal because... You know know what? I went to the game with you and I forgot that you had to go. <laughs> I forgot yeah. completely forgot. <laughs> I, I I was away that evening with my girlfriend, so I, so I ducked out a few minutes early. And just job, I didn't equalize, otherwise I'd have banned you from ever fucking coming again. Well, as as I left, once I got outside and, and 
cross over at the at the shop and sort of level with the car park opposite. I heard a cheer go up, and I have no idea what it was. <laughs> but it seemed small enough that it might have been an equaliser. <laughs> and I was frantically refreshing Twitter just to just to get anything. Phil, uh, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah, so obviously by the time I got to the top of Beeson Hill, I was relieved to find it was still two one. Um, but yeah, that, that was a that was a nervy moment of oh for fuck's sake, like, really? <laughs> how, how, why? Why have you done this? But now uh, it was a good win. Um, in the, uh, obviously you missed the last because there was a lot of stoppage time, about twelve minutes. Uh, who do you reckon was probably a man at match? Um, every week it's really tough not to go with Jorginho, isn't it? I love that lad. I mean, I definitely love him. I'm not <laughs> sure that I could have given him man at match. Um, I, I, I don't know, to be honest. Glenn, Glenn Kamara was all over the place again. They, he has... So much uh, you, energy in there. You might want to check that that's in a good way. Yeah. Because all yeah. over the place can be an insult. Ah, no, for me, that's, it's all <laughs> over the shop. If he's all over the shop, it's bad. But um, <laughs> the, the the ground he covers, his, his ball retention is fantastic. He, he, he has that, I think he has that Adam Forshaw-like quality of just being able to, to turn in the right direction and move the ball where it needs to. Mm. Um. Faster, Max the, Max, the, the Max Power way, yes. <laughs> uh, um, Ampadu is great every week. Um, and, you know, I'm gonna go with Kamara, fair enough. Um, if it had been at half time, I think I'd give it Somerville, but by the end, I thought Loden was excellent throughout. Uh, I, I just thought he won, he won absolutely everything in the air, he was. Good on the ball. He tracked well. He had a bit of a pontus moment at the end where he won a tackle, crashed it off their player out for a goal kick and turned to the south stand like, yeah. <laughs> which was nice, which is always nice to see. But no, I thought he had a really good game. Um, I said, yeah, first half, Somerville was excellent. I thought Perot was good as well. Um, so Ipswich won. Leicester, Leicester got beat by Sam Greenwood scoring an absolute scream of a free kick, which he's been threatening to do for a while. Uh, it was nice to see. So that puts us eight points behind both Leicester and Ipswich, 31 points from 16. And we've got five points over seventh, which is really the way to look at the playoffs. It's not look at where Southampton are. It's how big we got to seventh. So, so far, how do you reckon we're doing? And... As of as of right now, do you think we're going up? Um, yeah, you can't. There's no way you can look at this and, and say it's been it's been poor. Given you, you will say this, you know, you say this every time, but given what was happening with us for the first three four weeks of the season, um, you know, you, you can't say we're not in a really good position. Um, it, it's disappointing, kind of, to to think of, you know, what. Could have been in terms of um, like the Birmingham game and things. You know, if you'd if you'd have had this, this whole team in place by then, 
when you look at that Birmingham game, we have so many options to play wide forward. And te- in that front four, there's so many options. And one of those front four was Jamie Shackleton in that game. Yes, and uh, Dan James had not yet found his his magical touch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I like yeah. Jamie Shackleton, but he isn't like, he shouldn't be in that front four. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just needed someone. Um, and he has pace. Mm. Um, but... By the way, did, I, I don't use Instagram, but I saw it pop up on Twitter. Did, did you see that picture of Jamie Shackleton? I haven't, no. He's having a kid. Oh, so he held up a little baby's leads kit with like daddy 17 on and he, and he put on it before you ask no it isn't my shirt <laughs> <laughs> um you know you'll yeah there's always gonna be disappointing results in there but that's that's the championship that's just what it does but mm-hmm. on the whole you you look at the record we're, we're putting together at the moment we're, we're in really good form defensively we're looking we're looking pretty good um there's there's not many games we haven't scored in um it, what are we on 27 goals which is tied third best in the league i think um conceded uh well I mean, conceded fewer than ipswich as well so well ipswich are a bit i mean obviously we beat them 4-3 the beat Swansea three two at the weekend. They've had a few of them. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I suppose looking at looking at those two, it's just trying to maintain this run, and and you're sort of hoping you 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 picking up yeah three wins out of four or something like that, and then you know Le- Leicester are done now. Clearly, they've they've run their race. Yeah, they're going down. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 shot their shot and. Well, they blew it. Um, but again, you look at Ipswich, and and, and yes, there's a lot to be said about the promotion and, and what that does for you for, for your morale. Um, whether whether this this form is sustainable for us for a full season for them, you know, you don't know. Um, I would say every team has to have a blip, but again, we, when we looked at the Reading record ranking season it turned out it was a couple of draws so you don't have to but the the hope is that you know Leicester have drop points in a few games because the other thing they're not doing a lot of at the moment is drawing games um well they haven't drawn any oh that's it so you know at (laughs) some point they have to draw some um I'll, i'll clip that if they somehow don't if, um, if they go, you know what? If they go through a full season without drawing, fair play to them. That's probably harder than an unbeaten season. <laughs> <laughs> um, now the, I mean, we're thirty-one from sixteen. If we carried on at that close to two points a game, we'll have a good chance. Like I, as as good as I mean, I do think Leicester will still win the league. I think Ipswich will be right up there and they may well get the second automatic promotion spot. But just their their literal quality of player in their squad isn't as good as some of the other teams in the league. But they have an excellent coach and they're in dynamite form and they're really well set. So if one of them was going to have a drop-off, you'd think it'd be Ipswich, but we'll see. I reckon like if if we get close if we get to 90 points. 
or mm. 89 points, which is sort of what we'd be on for now. If you then don't go up, you've been a you've been a bit unlucky, but you've had a good season. Like I'm, I'm I have now got to a stage where I'm very confident we'll make the playoffs, which yeah. gives us a shot, even though I mean, we are terrible in the playoffs. I've just had a look at the odds, like in terms of to win the league, Leicester are eight to eleven Favs, and then us and Ipswich three to one, ten to three, and then a big gap to Southampton at twenties. By the way. A big gap to Southampton at twenties, who are one point worse us, worse off than us. Yeah, I, I what mean, what I would say is twenty. To, you get, I don't think they will get in the top two, but twenty to one, <laughs> twenty to one uh, seems a bit high. But and then for just promotion overall, Leicester one to seven, Leeds two to five, Ipswich eight to thirteen, and then Southampton at twos. Um, I mean, for, for the for the poor starts of the season they had, Middlesbrough are two points off the playoffs. Yeah, you know they, so, they had that weird thing, didn't they, where they kept losing tight games that they didn't necessarily deserve to at the start, and now it's hmm. turned a bit. Yeah, it's the the, the championship is going to do championship things. Um, oh yeah, I mean there'd be nothing more championship than us getting beat by the way it will have them on a Friday night. Yeah. Classic, classic memories of uh, of Rotherham. That's uh, where Belushi went for that overhead kick in it and just missed the ball and they scored. Isn't it? Isn't it also? Is that where didn't Belushi have to go and go there? God. <laughs> anyway, it's a while ago. There's probably like two other things to talk about. One of them brief. One of them might end up a bit longer. I don't know. Uh, first of all. As you had work today, I'm assuming you didn't stay up to watch Bielsa's Uruguay win 2-0 in Argentina. Uh, no, I did not, but I have, I have heard fantastic things. Yeah, I did stay up and watch it because I wasn't working today. Argentina had loads of ball, but God, just the intensity of the way they broke. Argentina were never comfortable at all, and Bielsa is going to make Liverpool fans so happy by making Darwin Nunes into a fucking world-beater. He was he already had the talent, but he's sort of really getting it now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they were really good. So they beat Brazil and Argentina back to back, which you know is decent. I mean, what is it? Argent Argentina had won like nineteen out of their last twenty or something daft like that. Um, and I think they hadn't conceded in six or seven. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so what we're saying is Uruguay are the world champions. Yeah, well, that's been a running joke on Twitter today. They've all been going, talking about how they're definitely favourites for the Euros. Which is probably fair, <laughs> fair enough to do as a joke. Um, no, it's, it's... I was just getting the uh, South American qualifying table up to see how it looks. Yeah, Argentina top with 12 and then Uruguay second on 10. So... God, I mean, Brazil are fifth with seven points from five. I know that they will end up turning it around, but God, it'd be funny. <laughs> and then the the big news story of today, uh, Everton have been deducted 10 points. I believe for one lot of breaking all the FFP rules, which is generous because, I mean, you know, look at that COVID season, they'll over by that 300 million. Uh is that when they claimed higher higher losses than Man United, Man City, yeah. Chelsea? When ev everyone put in a hundred and something million for COVID losses, and they put in like three hundred. But yeah, um, 
I am absolutely fine with him getting the deduction. They probably should. They probably should have had one two years ago. They probably should have had one last year. Um, the interesting thing is whether this is an actual precedent. Because if it is an actual precedent, there's some teams that in the next couple of years could have some real shit. Like, if this is a real precedent, Man City may well get relegated. For the number, for the sheer well, number of... Theirs is like 115 charges. The Twitter has been winding me up some rotten today. Oh, look, but they didn't do it to Man City. The investigation hasn't fucking finished yet. How are they supposed to do it? <laughs> oh, really? They're investigating this guy for a crime. Well, jail him now. <laughs> um, I mean, Man City will probably get away with it because it's football and they. I didn't think they'd have the balls to do this to Everton, so I really don't think they'll have the balls to do it to Man City. But I'm willing to be proved wrong on that. Yeah, I, I, I suppose you your worry is if you do this to Man City and Chelsea, does the uh, does the Super League start beckoning again? Yeah. The yay the, isn't football a level playing field? Yeah, but like there's a few teams that are that skirt close to it every year, and obviously loads of EFL teams have been have had points deductions, so it's not right. But this is the biggest point deduction that the Premier League have ever given out to anyone. Um, and I, ju- I just wonder, I mean, it's shit because I, in principle, I don't like, you know, football things being decided for off the pitch reasons. I don't mm-hmm. really like that. But they they have properly almost Derby levels of took the piss. <laughs> and they'll just be delighted that they've managed to drag it out for two years because they've managed to drag it out into a season where they'll probably be all right anyway. Yeah, now that um, I mean, just this is purely coincidental, but um, Jack Harrison got fit, and Everton have started playing a lot better. Hmm. Just, just throwing that out there. Just, just going to coming in here with your me. with your liberal Harrison agenda. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, frustratingly, Sean Dyke seems to have uh, got that team going now. Yeah. Even with a ten point deduction of only two points off safety. Yeah, they'll probably be and fine. Burnley appear to be not very good. Sheffield United appear to be not very good. Luton appear to be not very good. Bournemouth and Bournemouth haven't looked great, but I think they will pick up. But yeah, I, I could see it's a weird season this. I, I if it carries on with everyone playing in a similar way, you could see it being like the team in seventeen for safe with four games to go. Yeah. And there's just a big, like, just a gap. Which would be a really shit last day of the season in the Premier League. <laughs> uh, yeah. Football's a lovely place. Yeah. The the Leeds effect of this, obviously, is that there's a load of stories going around that sort of Leeds and Leicester and Burnley may well sue Everton. There's always the there's always this though, isn't there? There's always the threat yeah. of someone suing someone. I it's sort of hard to see how we could get away with it as a so, because the first time they did it, 
like I was, it would have been if it's for the COVID season. The next season would be when it counts for. We stayed up anyway. Yeah. The following season, we came nineteenth. So, even if Everton did get a ten point deduction, we would have still got relegated. I think Burnley for the COVID season, where they just went down instead of us the following year, and then the following year being Leicester. I, th- I could see how those two might have a case. I'm struggling to see how we would. Yeah. I think we'd have gone down, because we'd have gone down anyway. I mean, we we went down because we were shy and we made back-to-back-to-back shit managerial appointments. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I don't... I mean, d- d- sure, there, there, there may be more cases of this. The only one I ever remember being successful and, and not necessarily for the financial reasons was the obviously the West Ham one with Chef United. Yeah. Chef United got like thirty or forty million, I think, didn't they? Yeah. Because Premier League TV money wasn't what it was. It was a damn sight more than that still. But yeah, they I mean that was that was another one where I mean that was bollocks. West Ham should have got a did they should have gone down. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I'll always refer back to the fact that the Football League decided to run that investigation on QPR and it concluded just before the last day of the season when they were already promoted. So, of course, they weren't going to do anything to stop them at that point. Yeah, I think if by, if by the time they got to the end of that season, they'd have won the league by like eight points. Hmm. They'd have gone, all right, six-point deduction. <laughs> no material effect. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Don't do that again. Oh, you know we will. But that that will be the big thing over the next few days. See if all else breaks. Because Everton are definitely going to appeal it. And just as much as I think if they're going to set a punishment, set the punishment and stick with it and then use it going forward, I reckon they'll probably get some of it knocked off. Yeah. It's just because there's so many other times where teams have done dodgy shit and got away with it. I think it's hard to make one stick when you've made a rod for your own back like that. Yeah. Yeah, I just... Um... I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think if you appeal it, what, what it gets dropped down to. But yeah. at the same time, I, I, I do feel like if the... the you kind of won, you have your rules in place and your sanctions in place. Yeah, that's where they've screwed up. They should just have the sanctions in there before it starts. If you do yeah. this, 10 points. I mean, that's what it is in the AFL. I, that's what it is for administration, isn't it? It does say you get this many points if you go into administration. Yeah, like it, it, the idea of dealing with it on a case-by-case basis literally leaves it open to any number of problems. Whereas if you say, right, if you break these financial rules, these are the consequences. Yeah. Um, and sure, if you wanted to put a tiered system in for teams who really took the piss, maybe, but... Um, if you break if you it say, by this much, it's this. If you break it by this much, it's more. Yeah. Um, but, yeah that, that seems far too simple for football governance. Yeah, it's, it's a very complicated game, or at least they certainly make it look that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I reckon that will do as I will briefly mention that 
we all had wins for the Plymouth game. So I am still last in the predictions. Um, I'm on 10, Alex 14, Connie 20, you 22, Casey. Yes. But we all know that you always do really well on the week to week. And then we look back at the preseason predictions and that's where you've been shit. That seems to happen uh, every year. <laughs> I mean, I, I did back uh, Wolves and Everton to possibly go down this season. So it's not looking great. Well, it's looking better today than it did before. Yeah. <laughs> with Everton. Mm. Nah, look at what's around them. They'll be fine. Look around, look around at how lucky they are to be alive right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that will do us for episode 240 of the Mike White's podcast. We will be back one of the days next week. I can't remember when I'm working. Um, may, maybe Tuesday. Uh, I think Tuesday is most likely, but I'll have to look through when I'm working. But I reckon that's when it'll be. So, I've been Jack. See you. I'm in Casey. Have a good one. In a bit.